Life is full of problems and challenges. It can be something simple like a flat tire as you're driving back home or finding out a loved one has passed away. No matter how hard things may be, it is important to have and recognize the things that make you happy even on the worst days. These are the things that fill you up as you leave your home ready for life's challenges. In this episode, I'll be talking about five things that make me happy, that make me motivated, and keep me going each and every day. Welcome everybody to the fifth edition of Happy to Fail, the podcast where we work to break that discrimination, that stigma that surrounds people living with mental health challenges, because our goal here is to show that whether you're diagnosed with anxiety, depression, whether you had some childhood trauma, we all have the right, we can all live happy, healthy, and productive lives. And in this podcast, I hope to motivate others by sharing my challenges and the ways that I was able to overcome those challenges associated with mental health. And you can listen to a brand new episode each and every Monday. If you're curious as to why is this podcast called Happy to Fail, I suggest you go all the way back to the first episode just so you get some additional context about what is going on here. My name is Juan Velas Cord. I am a certified peer specialist. I've helped many people in Puerto Rico. I've worked through support groups, through self-help activities, through many things that have happened on a local scale as well as a national scale. And this has allowed me to meet and be motivated by other awesome people in the world that are making a change. And hopefully I can exchange some of that information right here in this podcast. But the most important thing is that, yeah, I'm a person with lived experiences related to mental health challenges, and I'm proud of it. And I think that anybody watching and listening should absolutely be proud of whenever they overcome X or Y obstacle, no matter how big or how small. This podcast is not meant to replace professional mental health services. So if you feel like you're at an, an emotional risk, you need that professional help, don't hesitate to contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You can call them at 1-800-273-8255 or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And if you're from Puerto Rico like me, you can contact AMSCA's 24-7 crisis line, known as Lina Paz, at 1-800-981-0023. They, just like the other one, simply put want to help you. So in the previous episode, we talked about a list, a list that I wrote going all the way back to September 9th, 2009. And let's just say I was not at an emotionally good place, but I realized that that was then, this is now, and maybe you're listening to this podcast wanting to know what has helped me, because maybe what helps me may not help you, but it doesn't hurt to try, right? It doesn't hurt to go back and forth in these conversations. So please don't be afraid to follow me on social media, Happy to Fail on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, because this episode is about the five things that keep me happy, that keep me going, and keep me proud of being exactly who I am. These are the things that help me battle my anxiety, that depression, that whenever I wake up and I feel like, man, why have I gotten all these things? Am I living somebody else's life because I'm so fortunate of what I've become? And when I do these, they remind me, hey, you've worked hard for this. All of you listening and watching right now, you've probably worked damn hard to get to where you are, and you should absolutely be proud of every milestone that you've achieved. So let's kick it off with number one. I love my job. 
And I know that not everybody can see the same thing, but let's just say that in the past, I did not necessarily love the, the places that I worked at, but it always motivated me to think, okay, so now I'm at a place that maybe doesn't really stimulate me. Maybe I don't feel challenged in a good way, but I can think ahead. I can think down the line, where would I like to go? What place would I like to work at? The fact that where I work nowadays, I work providing training, providing opportunities for people with lived experiences. The fact that what I live through is actually a source of information for others. I've been able to speak to mental health professionals, to social workers, to case managers, and I've been able to explain to them, hey, this is what I went through. This is some of the language that I suggest you use so it is more inclusive. Therefore, people are going to be that much motivated in their road to recovery. Working has also allowed me to meet other people to just establish healthy professional relationships. I've talked about the fact that growing up, socially speaking, my skills were at a negative five, yet nowadays, the fact that I can lock myself up in a room and talk about myself for 20 to 30 minutes is pretty damn good. And, and think back to yourself, how many things that you did maybe five years ago, you do them now like they're nothing because you became an expert at that, whether it be cooking a meal, whether it be playing a video game, whether it be walking down the street, whether it be working a triathlon. There's always something that we get better at each and every day, but I don't think we necessarily actually sit down and contemplate about that. We sort of just keep going. And it's important to have moments like this where you listen to the silence and you realize, wow, I'm here right now. And I never thought that would be possible. Number two, exercise and watch YouTube videos at the same time. This is something that I do about four times a week. Going all the way back to December, I actually dropped 25 pounds since then because I've made some large changes to my eating habits, to my workout routines. I used to be a very obese person, weighing all the way up to uh, 275 pounds. I weighed myself last week. I am at about 159, which is actually about the weight that I wanted to be in. I just wanted to be able to fit in some clothes that I wore a couple of years before. I know that there's some evidence stating that it's good to work out in the morning or whatever, but for me, because uh, when I was a kid, my, my safe zone was the nighttime, one day I was going like, okay, well, I forgot to exercise in the afternoon, but I already had dinner. Usually I have dinner and then I work out, or I mean, I should say I work out and, and then have dinner because otherwise that will lead to some bad results. But I just said, why not? I want to catch up on some YouTube videos. I put up the Fitness Blender YouTube channel on my phone and then on my television in the living room, I'll have you know a video game channel, a movie review channel. Uh, my wife and I love to watch these videos about tiny houses. We think that they're fascinating, you know, with the architecture and everything like that. And I've made it an entire experience that when I when I'm working out, I choose different routines. I do a little bit of weightlifting, but I make it fun. I feel like whenever we talk about exercises, people go like, "Oh, I forgot. I gotta get back on the gym." My gym is my living room. I have the weights there. I bought them a couple of years ago at Costco. And you sometimes just got to challenge yourself like that because I feel like if I hadn't purchased those, maybe I wouldn't be in the shape that I am now. And when I'm talking about shape, I don't even refer to my physical shape. But all of this obviously 
has an emotional benefit. And uh, it's the combination of working out, watching the YouTube videos, but then afterwards I take a nice warm shower and I immediately go to bed and watch some fail videos with my wife. That's a pretty awesome routine if you ask me. The third thing that really helps me is baking. So I'm talking about cheesecakes, cakes, cookies, pies, oh my goodness, mousse. I could dedicate over 20 podcast episodes to baking, to eating sweets. Ironically enough, as I record this, I'm on a low-carb diet, but even that became a fun challenge of, okay, so I want to make a pumpkin cake. How can I make that as low-carb as possible? Instead of using wheat flour, I'm using almond flour, I'm using coconut flour. So with baking, it is the entire process of knowing what you put into your body the fun process of figuring out the best uh, recipe. So for that, I'm a proud owner of a Pinterest account. So in Pinterest, I'll put all my recipes, but then when I make the recipes, I'll post a picture on my Instagram. And I find all of that process to be very rewarding, very fulfilling, because I have friends that have a similar eating habit, similar eating lifestyles. So we sort of bring the best out of each other. When you first make some changes to your eating habits in life, you're like, oh man, I can't have this anymore. Do some research. It's 2019 and there are a ton of options out there. So in my case, I'll usually bake a cake, but then I'll make the whipped cream or I'll make the frosting and then I'll complement that with some ice cream. And for me, if you ask me which is my favorite ice cream, I like uh, coffee, I like mint, uh, pistachio, but butter pecan. Oh, if you love butter pecan, you know exactly what I'm talking about because it is absolutely amazing. And I'm getting kind of hungry, so let's get to the fourth one now. So the fourth thing is I like to disconnect. One of my favorite movies of all time is Office Space. And if you've watched that movie, you probably know where I'm going with this. So Peter Gibbons had the goal of going to a therapist, a hypnotherapist, I believe he was called, and to be hypnotized so some of the anxiety could go away. And what he wanted was to be in a trance where basically nothing mattered, just nothing mattered, and it was all about wanting to do nothing. But the the therapist actually died as uh, he was being taken out of the trance. Therefore, he was actually left in the trance because he said that his goal in life, if he ever had a million dollars, is that he would go to his house, he would sit down, and he would do nothing. And at first, we all look at doing nothing like not being productive, and I'm somebody that believes that as well. I think that being proactive, being productive is essential, but I feel the moments that we, that we disconnect from social media, the moment that we disconnect from our families, even for just a couple hours, they allow us to reflect, and that keeps me happy because it's like my, my review. It's like I'm supervising myself, like Juan, you're here right now, this is what you're doing, this is what you've accomplished, where do you want to go, and if I'm with somebody else, or if I have a a lot of sound around me, I get easily distracted, but being able to have that time by myself keeps me motivated, so I challenge you to do the same, whether it be in your home or at a subway, like I mentioned in the previous episode, find a place where maybe the phone can be off for a little while, the world is not going to end, there's 911 for that. Go to a place, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Don't even bring anything. Don't even bring the the, the pencil and paper that I mentioned on the previous episode. Just be by yourself, stare at the trees, 
stare at the people walking around a mall. Find a place where you can just think about you. And I guarantee you that disconnecting is one of the healthiest things that you can do for a little while. And the last thing that I want to mention in my list is playing video games. I mentioned in the previous episode that I was going to bring this one up because for me, video games are that chance to become the hero, to be transported to another world. I love role-playing games. And yeah, I love some games that do have a certain amount of violence. But to me, it's my chance to bond with my wife, who I actually met playing video games. Our first date was playing a game called Unreal Tournament 2004, which is a first-person shooter. And you may look at that and think like, what is going on there? But I met my wife an entire decade ago. And uh, we're going to be married five years this year. So I'm not forgetting our anniversary. So I get some brownie points for that. But just being able to, to cherish those moments is absolutely essential. Not only have I met my wife while playing video games, some of my best friends that I even do a video game and movie podcast with, I've known them for over 15 years. They know more information about me than most people that I do have in my life. And that's because we were able to bond through video games, through wrestling. So my advice to you here is that I know that because of the genre that we're talking about here, maybe not everybody's a gamer. I actually suspect that a large portion of you do not play video games. I'm not asking you to play video games, but don't condemn the people that do because you don't know the reasoning why. And I know that there's the topic of video game addiction and other things that are going on right now, and we got to tread lightly with that, but I think that everything at an adequate volume, at an adequate rate without it going spiraling out of control, you know, I'm not sitting here saying you play video games for 24 hours a day. I'm saying sit here and reward yourself by playing video games. Sit here and reward yourself while you watch a good movie or while you're baking, while you're doing any of the above. It's just about being happy, feeling better, and being healthier. Now, this is the type of episode that I am going to be going back to on multiple occasions because it's something that continues to evolve. I have a lot of things that help me, but at the same time, I know there are a ton of resources that I've just not been exposed to. So please don't hesitate to reach out on social media. Happy to fell on all of the above. And let me know what are you currently doing uh, to, to make you happier. I actually have three people that I want to quickly bring up. The first one from Twitter is OrtizRees985. When asked what makes him happy, he wrote a visit to Baskin Robbins. So see, Luis, I get you, man. I get you because it is all about that ice cream, especially when you put it with a nice warm slice of chocolate cake and then you balance that with the creamy, freezy goodness of an ice cream. You put that all into your mouth at the same time is that not the most amazing thing ever? Oh my goodness, I'm so hungry right now. Let's get to the next one. Brenda Marie on Facebook wrote, the most powerful tool I use is meditation. It's a long story. However, I got an understanding how the mind works with Bob Proctor and Christy Whitman and others. However, in my point of view and studying the results, these two are the most magnificent mentors out there. So it's not just that to her, meditation is a powerful tool, but more so who actually guided her through that process. I'm very thankful for a lot of the people that became my mentors that, that brought my spectrum to new possibilities in life. So uh, yeah, meditation is something that I actually want to try out. I've never done it, but I, I've heard 
all of the incredible benefits, so I should maybe try that out. And the last one comes to us from Gretchen Rovira on Facebook, who wrote, The song I Lived by One Republic and singing overall. I actually know uh, Gretchen Rovira on a personal level, and she is an incredible resource in the state of Florida. And uh, I'm just going to say that she can sing, I cannot. If you want to undo all of the benefits that maybe you've reaped from this podcast, I could sing for five seconds. You'd be like, Juan, just just keep talking about your life, man. You really, you know, everybody has a certain gift, and clearly singing is not one of them for you. But hey, I'm not ashamed to admit that. I'm not ashamed to say that. So before we conclude this episode, I do want to point out that the next one is going to be about dealing with depression. So this one was all about the happy moments, the things that motivate us. But I do want to bring it back just a little bit and dive into my thought processes when I was dealing with that depression. And I'm saying dealing because I was working with it. I was battling with it. So let me know how you've battled your depression by going to social media and maybe I can read some of your resources in that episode. And speaking of resources, I have one here from Mental Health America. They have a wonderful website over at mentalhealthamerica.net and it is 31 tips to boost your mental health. Once again, mentalhealthamerica.net. You can search that on Google, 31 tips to boost your mental health. And I have two quickly here to bring up. Keep it cool for a good night's sleep. The optimal temperature for sleep is between 60 and 67 degrees Fahrenheit. That's something that maybe we don't even factor in, but think about that. When you wake up, maybe you're sweaty. It's like that just does not work. And then the second one is take time to laugh. Hang out with a funny friend, watch a comedy, or check out cute videos online. Laughter helps reduce anxiety. So think about movies that make you feel good. I'm going to be doing an episode about that down the line because... Those for what helped me down the line, maybe they help you as well. So up until next time, if this podcast has been of benefit to you or to others, don't be afraid to share on any of the social media. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And let's just keep motivating each other. Let's keep motivating our community and make a positive impact in somebody else's life. So up until next time, take care, everybody.